Abby. And I'm Caitlin, and today we will be discussing the first installment of the Steminist novellas, Under One Roof by Allie Hazelwood. I can count, well, on one hand, how many times I've been personally victimized by Allie Hazelwood. It's been five times, and this is one of them. Agreed. She needs to be stopped, but at the same time, I'm still going to read her stuff every time it comes Yeah, it's like I will not stop reading it because the, the first half will get you every time. Yeah, the first I mean, half, first you're half. like, damn, she's changed her ways. No, she mm-hmm. hasn't. I love so, her Under One Roof, it has a 3.7 on Goodreads. I feel like that's valid. Yeah, Um, it says, a scientist should never cohabitate with her annoyingly hot nemesis. It leads to combustion. Mara, Sadie, and Hannah are friends first, scientists always. Though their fields of study might take them to different corners of the world, They can all agree on this universal truth. When it comes to love and science, opposites attract and rivals make you burn. As an environmental engineer, Mara knows all about the delicate nature of ecosystems. They require balance and leaving the thermostat alone and not stealing someone else's food. And other rules, Liam, her detestable big oil lawyer of a roommate, knows nothing about. That that confused me. Not the oil lawyer. (laughs) Not the big oil lawyer. Listen, I've been drinking a little bit, so that (laughs) sentence just kind of threw me off. Okay, sure. Technically, she is the interloper. (laughs) Liam was already entrenched in his aunt's house like some glowering, grumpy giant when Mara moved in with his big muscles and kissable mouth just sitting there on the couch, tempting respectable scientists (laughs) to the dark side, dot, dot, dot. But Helena was her mentor, and Mara's not about to move out and give up her inheritance without a fight. Good lord, another- Allie Hazelwood was fucking feral when she was writing this description. (laughs) He's got muscles and a kissable mouth. The problem is, living with someone means getting to know them. And the more Mara finds out about Liam, the harder it is to loathe him, and the easier it is to love him. To listen to Sadie and Hannah's stories, look for the- oh. That's, oh, that's <laughs> next time. Um, funny oh. enough, this series is also called Loath to Love You. So mm-hmm. I love that. I apologize in advance. I didn't realize I'd be this tipsy after half of I'm not sorry. Yeah, I take it back. I'm not sorry either. Okay. Because I what think. rate this? <laughs> I gave it a 6.4 out of 10 um, because I dig it like hives mm-hmm. at one point and but the other parts made me laugh so it's like you know like there are some <laughs> redeemable qualities about it but for the most part I did hate it no agreed for me I rated it a 6.5 out of 10 because like you know it's a d plus there were parts that I thought were very charming they were very few and far between um, because the other parts made me want to crawl into a hole and never come out because I was so embarrassed. I hated it. This book was like me in chemistry class. It was laughably bad. Like <laughs> that, that D plus. <laughs> that D plus was a little too close to home. And so I actually carried you through chemistry. So you I did. You passed. I did pass with yeah. a C. Thanks, Mrs. Mm-hmm. Dudley. You. Hope you're doing I, well. I helped you with all, like, your homework score was impeccable. You may not have gotten perfect scores. Those on tests. But. So I say laughably bad because one time on a test, it, we were doing mole mass. You mm-hmm. remember that? <clears throat> um, 
And I didn't know a single thing. And so I drew a mole on it. Did she and Miss Dudley yelled at me. She did not think it was funny. <laughs> I did my best. Well, you didn't do your best, but you did something. I did something. But uh-huh. I'm about as far as I can get from these women in STEM. I oh. <laughs> cannot relate to them. Yeah, but the thing is, these women in STEM are like... But I think socially I am STEM. doing better than them. Yeah, I think they need a little more balance in their life, to be quite honest with you. I agree. Let's talk about Mara. Okay. Um, she is the worst. I Yeah, I didn't care much for her character. Um, So she's an environmental engineer, and that's her whole personality, Mm -hmm. is that she loves the earth. Lots of stickers that proclaim her love for the earth. Like, I know she drives, like, a Chevy Spark. She -hmm. drives an electric car, I'm sure. Yeah, and the back is actually, like, a mosaic of bumper stickers. Yeah, absolutely. That's her. You can't even see what color the car is. And she's not even, like, a little bit mad when she has to use, like, paper straws and they disintegrate in her drink. Yeah, she's like, you know, that's the price I pay. There's a lot of times where I don't like female main characters, and it's because of characters like Mara that I don't. So she's so naive to the point I don't know how she, like, got through life without dying. It's like, Um, oh, you're smart, but you're dumb. And it seems like things just fall into her lap, and I don't think that's fair. Um, it's like, she has a PhD, she somehow paid for it, mm-hmm. she has loans, but this professor who, I guess, sponsored her, I don't know, yeah. just they gave her, like, like, half of her house, which is shitty if you think about it, like, that's not fair to Liam, it worked out, but it's like, what the fuck? Yeah, I would be pissed as fuck at my family if they did that. And it's just like, she acts like, I don't know, like... Allie Hazelwood tried to make her seem, I think, more mature than some of her other female main characters, but barely. It's like she, I think she was more familiar with, I guess, like sex, Mm -hmm. but everything else, no, she had like the mindset of like a 10 year old. I think the part that really kind of rubbed me the wrong way is like how she's a full blown Disney adult because I. And, like, listen, before you guys get mad, listen to my whole sentence. I do have a love for Disney in general. I do have a love and nostalgia for Disney films that I grew up with and the music that came with it. But it has a time and a place to remember those songs and, like, you know, sing that, you know, like, if you're doing karaoke with your friends and you want to sing a Disney song, I get it. If you You are constantly playing disney soundtracks and nothing else that's weird don't do that stop doing that yeah it's like i know why liam was upset because i too would be upset if my roommate had just a disney playlist on repeat and that's every all day. they listen to and that's all you hear coming from there that's room. not normal if you do that i'm calling you out right now and i'm also calling the police (laughs) yeah i don't trust you around the children in my life sorry the only redeemable quality about her is that she does have some good dry humor in her inner monologue and also like it's totally relatable that she does have a pair of underwear jeff goldblum's face on it because i also would Mm -hmm. and now i'm thinking about specifically buying a pair 
Like I have been just because I've never thought. Yeah, I've never thought of that existing. But it's like, yeah, I kind of want that. Another thing that's like she's so real for that is that she does write fan fiction about The Bachelor. My thing is hoes for fan fiction. I I love fan fiction, and for The Bachelor, it makes sense to me because there are so many times you're watching The Bachelor and they fuck up. They pick the wrong person, and it's clear. You know, they send the wrong person home. You're like. No, this could have gone so much differently. So you write it. And I love that. And I would read it. A hundred percent. hundred percent. Or just like a fan fiction that's like bachelor inspired where like all the characters are completely made up. I would read a story like that. Yeah. I would be into it. So Liam, man, he had me in the first half. Not gonna lie. I was fully into it. He I even is. thought it was hot that he was a corporate piece of shit lawyer because he was like always walking through the door, loosening his ties. And I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, I eat that shit. Up. <laughs> I was like, I don't even care that you're destroying the earth. That's hot. Like, I love that you're a little bit mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could ask for nothing more. But then he has to go and make it fucking weird at the end of the book, like always. And yeah. now he's like a shy guy. And he doesn't like sex. That's not real. Maybe it is. I don't know. There are asexual people. I take there that back. There are asexual people, but and I mean, maybe, maybe I'm just misunderstanding what it means. But like, do asexual people like decide that they like sex with certain people, or I don't know. The way that I interpreted it is that they just were not interested. So maybe they didn't have, like, the urge to have sex. So it just kind of, like, struck me funny when he's literally in the middle of pouncing on her and then is like, I don't like sex. Okay, I looked it up because I am interested to know. Mm -hmm. Um, No, educate me. So someone who's asexual experiences little to no sexual attraction. Asexual people typically don't pursue or want relationships with other people that being said asexual means different things to different people some might only experience sexual attraction in very limited circumstances okay or when they have like a deep connection okay that explains liam a lot more to me or they might only feel attracted to people sexually attracted to people in the context of a loving romantic relationship okay okay, okay. That I think that's asexual clears up a lot of things for me because To me, I wasn't looking at it from that perspective. I was looking at it from he's literally in the middle of having sex with her. And he's like, I don't like sex, which is different than him. Like, I don't have sex a lot. Like, (laughs) Yeah. Like, like, I haven't really been interested in it prior (laughs) to this. Yeah, I think like I was not um, I was not picking up what he was putting down. I feel like it wasn't very clearly not like knuckle deep in some lady. Be like, yeah, I actually hate this. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was like, okay. um, pardon? Like that uh, took me right off the moment. Like <laughs> that makes me actually like understand where Liam was coming from there. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, that sheds some light on it. Yeah, um, I'm less confused than I was when we started recording this episode. Absolutely. I hate him a little less now. Um, <laughs> I thought he was so sweet. And like, he was. He, I think, obviously, because he didn't have a lot of like prior experience, like, he didn't know how to handle certain situations. And I'm sure Mara was also a lot to take in in his very quiet, comfortable <laughs> life. And I too would be shocked by that. And so I think he handled the situation very well. 
<laughs> all things considered. Yeah. Um, I did really like, I love the fact that he was like secretly a super talented photographer because like, I just I love, you know, a tortured artist type, but yeah, Mara was like, these photos are gorgeous. Like, where did you buy them? And he's like, oh, I just take those. And she's like, like no what? big deal. Yeah. So like, I thought that was hot. <laughs> um, the one thing I still thought was just so weird was that he's like, yeah, I'm going to break this system down from the inside out by becoming like this super successful oil lawyer. Like, why was that his plan? Like, I'm sorry, you're not going to make a difference. Yeah, he was a little too, a little too grandiose in his he thinking. He girl-bossed a little too close to the sun, if you ask me. <laughs> okay, Icarus. Listen, he's trying his best, I his think. His intentions were pure. His intentions were pure. He's like... He's not quite a golden retriever. He's more like a... I think he's like a... Like, he's giving a feral cat. Like, he... Ooh. Like, almost like um, Charlie. Charlie. Almost like Charlie. Yeah. Um, from... Book lovers, for those of you who don't know who we're talking about. Giving some... Uh, he doesn't know how to give love or mm-hmm. accept love, but he is attached. Yes. And he's like, I don't know how to do this, but I want to try. Yes. Yeah. And I but feel only like with that, her. Yeah. Which I get now from the perspective of him being asexual. <laughs> like, you had to really build up that relationship. Yeah. It's honestly, like, I feel a little bit dense not having realized that before we had this discussion. But really, I needed it to be spelled out for me, apparently. And I apologize. I love that. Actually, Allie Hazelwood, I like that. Thank I know, you. because, okay, because the thing is, we always want this. We always ask for this. And she actually gave us exactly what we asked for. Yeah. We ask for representation without being hit over the head with stereotypes. Yeah. And that's that was so gorgeously done. In a way that it was so subtle that people like you and me who don't um, don't know anyone who's ace or have that perspective ourselves did not know it was happening. So actually... Wow. 10 out of 10. Yeah, I take it back, <laughs> Allie Hazelwood. I'm going to bump you up to like an 8.5 because I still, you still could have done some things different. I'm not okay, yeah, lie. it doesn't like change how much I like to this particular story. I'm not going to lie, but like she gave 10 us out of 10 in terms of representation. Yeah. And are bad for, for being. <laughs> We've read this more than twice. <laughs> Listen, but that's the thing though. Like we were like, I'm not sure I understand what's going on. And we looked it up and now we know. And that's how like easy the, it is. The beauty of Google. Yeah. No excuses. Let's move on to Helena. So Helena was actually not alive at all this entire book. Yeah. She was dead. Uh, but it was Mara's friend and mentor who left her house when she passed. Uh, Mara did make a habit of writing letters to her from mm-hmm. the, on the grave. And I thought that was really cute. Yeah. Well, and I think that's a good way to cope with grief as well, because like as much as she tried to make it seem like she was like she was sad about it, but also was just like, this is life. Like, I'm sure she was grieving for sure, especially because like from Mara, it kind of seemed like she didn't have any other like family and like besides her friends, um, Sadie and Hannah, she didn't have like really a support system. We need a little background on that. Yeah, like it wasn't super detailed, but I feel like at one point she did kind of like touch on um, when she was like thinking about why Helena left her the house. I think she was like, maybe Helena like realized that she was my family, basically. Yeah, like she didn't have that outside of her. So it would have been like extremely hard for her to deal with that loss, I'm sure. Absolutely. 
I do still think it's strange that she did not notify her only family member that she truly cared about that she was selling out half of her home. She was being a mastermind. I know she she was, but like, I would be shook if if someone just showed up at my house and was like, I live here now. Yeah. I mean, I would be too, but Helena like had a vision. She wanted them to fall in love. And she's a beautiful genius. And it worked. Well, and I think it's funny too that like (laughs) halfway through the book, Liam's like, I'm surprised she didn't try to set us up. And he's like, oh. Yeah. (laughs) And Mara's like, teehee what? (laughs) She's like, yeah, that's crazy. And then we have um, Hannah and Sadie who are Mara's best friends. And like they're a trio. And they're also the main female characters in the other two novellas. So we'll see more about them. Yeah, they're so fun. They're always like FaceTiming each other three way, which I love. It's very cute. They're always just like making fun of each other and shit. They're just like exactly what a friend group is. Because at first I was like, they're insufferable, but so are most friends. Yeah. Anyways, that is something that I think is just like a really good comedic relief throughout. It continues throughout all three of the novellas because, of course, they're always shooting the shit with each other. And I love yeah. it. And it's cute. It's it's really good. Um, but those are really the only characters since, you know, it's only a hundred page book. That's surprisingly <laughs> a lot of characters for that short of a book. Yeah, honestly. Um, I have some thoughts and concerns to address. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's. Most of them are not good. Just to preface. Allie Hazelwood, every single book she's ever written, she's like, I'm going to develop just this amazing relationship. And you're going to feel the tension through the pages. Mm-hmm. And they're going to get together. And then I'm going to do the most buckwild shit you've ever seen in your life. And you never want to pick this book up again. Yeah. And she's done it once again with this book. But again, now that we know a little bit more, it makes some more sense. However, the way it was written was still weird. Because my thing is, like, let me just say, when you're writing a book, you are in full control of what happens. Yeah. Like, you don't need to include awkwardness. That doesn't need to exist. You don't need to include really cringy, horrible, unsexy things to say during sex. Because guess what? You're writing it. You don't have to put that in there. You did no one held a gun to your head and, like, you and if that? they are please let us know and we'll <laughs> say blink twice Allie Hazelwood if someone's holding you hostage I will personally come to your rescue so this book begins with a prologue right mm-hmm. and in the prologue like Liam approaches her and is like nuzzling her neck and she was like is this Liam I was like who else would it be girly like have some self-awareness here like you literally had already looked at him before this he's like don't panic it's Liam I'm like okay and And then everything's okay everything's okay I was like is it (laughs) like I don't know anything about you sir who are you (laughs) like does she want this well he was like is this okay and she would like nod and then he like was like everything's okay it's like sir but now so we get to the nitty-gritty we see the last few months of them together which i did respect that they at least knew each other for a few months in this book i think that was great because a lot of books like that are this short it's like and we were married within the next three days so then we you know fast forward a few months and we finally revisit this section of the prologue and like 
now that I know more about it, I'm like, okay, this isn't terrible. I love it. It's going great. Like he seems a little nervous. It was weird that he was eavesdropping on her conversation. And then didn't say anything about it till a week later. But I do love a man of action. So whatever. And then, you know, he hits her with like a good girl. And I was like, fuck yeah. yeah. Like Allie Hazelwood, (laughs) are we doing this? Is it happening? Mm -hmm. No, it's not. Because then we proceed to have the weirdest sex scene I've ever seen. So he just pulled your pants down, right? Well, it's not the weirdest because if you remember. It's not the weirdest because we'll talk about the weirdest in the next one. (laughs) Um, Strange. It was just bizarre. Mm -hmm. She made it awkward. She's made it awkward. So, like, they're getting it on the kitchen. Miraculously, she comes, you know, from From minimal contact. Like, he was inside her not moving. And she came. And I was like, yeah, she was built up. Sure, whatever. So then they move it. Also, he's like biting her butt cheeks. And I was like, that's, you said that like more than three times, actually. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that was a lot. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Like, please stop. And so they move it to the bedroom, right? Mm. And she's freaking out about the condom, whatever. And they get into this whole thing where she's like, I'm clean. Are you clean? He's like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. And she's like, that's a wild thing to say. (laughs) Is it just because you're like a sex god? And he was like, oh, no, it's because I don't like sex. And at this point, he's like fingering her, right? Like in the bed, says that to her face. She's like, Jesus Christ. Okay. (laughs) She's like, oh, God, do we need to stop? Like, am I taking advantage of you? Yeah. It's like, I'm sorry, you're a virgin. (laughs) And then proceeds to have what I would consider to be too much communication in the bedroom because he's like yeah no i want to fuck you and she's like let's do it he's like but i could also just keep doing this and she was like i mean if that makes you comfortable i suppose and he's like but i really want to do this and she's like yeah <laughs> let's do it and then i they, don't understand it but then they finally do they mm-hmm. finally do and then proceeds to be like i know you said you wanted it hard and fast i felt like that was a little too fast and she's like yeah you're pretty fast. And I was like, damn, that's like not the right thing to say to somebody afterwards. Like brutally honest. Love Especially that for you. someone who has already said they don't like. And then it's like, you proceeds to have it. another four pages talking about how fast is too fast and what the difference between fast means. And then we jump forward. Like a few months later, from that I'm weird alive. ass conversation, zero conclusion to that. And they're so like, yeah, I guess they're in love now. Buying family sized Cheez Its at the grocery store. And that was the last page. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this went downhill so quickly. It did. I think like a lot of times what Allie Hazelwood's trying to do is like flip the script and like have the guy in the hetero relationship be the one who's inexperienced in the bedroom. Um, which is like, I get what she's doing, but it just comes across as like really unsexy and uncomfortable. And like, let's like, why can't we just make them like experienced adults? Both of them. I got the worst ick of my life. (laughs) It was very ick. I'm glad they're happy with each other, but it, it made (laughs) me scared. She's like, but it was so perfect in every way. I'm like, well, obviously it wasn't. Yeah. Perfect for who? Just like that was not a way too much dialogue for me. 
Yeah, like point to me a reader of this book that is like, yeah, that is the most perfect sex scene I've ever read in my life. I can't because they don't exist. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was my two two pieces on it. <laughs> Your two pieces? My two pieces. <laughs> um, another thing that I would just like to point out is like, there's this scene where she uses Liam's bathroom because he didn't come home for the night. So she just assumes that he's like going to be gone and her bathroom wasn't currently working. So she had just worked out and she's like, well, I need to take a shower. So as soon as she goes to step out of the shower, Liam walks in, not realizing she's in there. And so she's naked, obviously. And like he gets really uncomfortable. She's like, hey, can you hand me a towel? I'm like, just staring at her he is just staring at her shooketh and then she's like don't worry I don't think you're gonna like jack off to my naked body and he says nothing he says literally nothing he's like like, oh that's weird because that's exactly what I'm about to go do (laughs) I was like this is the worst thing I've ever read also Whenever she is like shivering on the couch under like six blankets because the heat's broken. And so they cuddle on the couch, which I'm like, okay, that's cute. But then like the electrician gets there to repair it. And she literally like doesn't want him to get up. And so he carries her to the door and I almost threw up. Grow the fuck up and learn how to generate your own body heat. Yeah, that doesn't make sense to me. Like, why is she that? She needs to get her thyroid checked. Yeah, perhaps you need to get some blood work done. Yeah, like, that's not normal. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) You know what else I didn't really care much for was, like, the random best friend that we, like, throw in there. So, like... And never hear from again? Never hear from her again. (laughs) But she also clears zero air. Like, she fully knows what... (laughs) <laughs> Mara's thinking she's like yeah she thinks I'm with this guy and I'm gonna she, let her keep thinking that that's the thing because she knows Liam's too dense to realize what Mara's thinking <laughs> and she's like this is gonna play out splendidly I will see you two never she's like I'm gonna stir the fucking pot um, and honestly is- no I do love that for her like <laughs> <laughs> honestly power move <laughs> speaking of friends like giving each other shit that was amazing there is one scene that I did I did really like is when she's fixing the microwave. He's like, please don't build an atomic bomb. And she says, don't tell me what to do. That's like, I get that. I like that. So that was like the one thing that I was like, oh, that's charming and cute. And the rest of it was. <laughs> the rest of it was just like a shit storm. So we'll kind of touch on what tropes are in this book in case you want to read it. Um, <laughs> so it's enemies to lovers. Technically, they're rivals like He's a big oil lawyer and she's an environmental engineer. Forced proximity, of course. Slow burn, except it's only like 130 pages. And there's also like a bit of a miscommunication throughout. They both assume the other is like not into them. There was more miscommunication in these 100 pages than in like most of the thousand page like fantasy novels we read in our time. No, you're right. Especially like when they threw in the friend like that extra layer a bit what more can we cover here a bit too much if you ask me um anyways not my favorite that's all i got keep busting them out so i can keep shitting on them Allie hazelwood thank you the thing is like i'm always excited for her books (laughs) and i'm like maybe this will be the one 
I don't know what's wrong. Like, am I, is it like some kind of Pavlovian res- like response that I'm like, oh yeah, women in STEM, feminist, it's going to be great. And then like, she's like using that against us. I don't know. I think it's because the love <clears throat> hypothesis, like genuinely, I did think it was good the first mm-hmm. time I read it. It was the second read through that got me. And I think maybe if I just never had read it again and I picked these up, I may have had the same reaction, but now I know how fucking weird it is and I can't stop seeing it. Yeah, like you can't even finish Love on the Brain. I can't. I bought it and I can't do it. There's something there. I felt my blood pressure rise as I was reading it and I had to set it down and I haven't revisited it. She's doing something interesting to us. She's performing a social experiment on us. Like, is this a joke? Are we being punked? I think we might be. The thing is, like, I want to support her so bad. And I will. I will support her. I'll keep buying her books. <laughs> I'll keep buying her books and being disappointed. Um. Anyways, next week, we are actually going to be taking a break. So... The week after on the 17th will be our next mini-sode about the second stimulus. We're actually jumping right back into this. Yeah, <laughs> so be prepared. Actually, I recall um, this next one being, I liked it even less than the first one, but then I think the third one is the one that I like the best, if I'm remembering. I think the next one is what genuinely scarred me as a person, and the third one was pretty cute. I can't remember. I can't one remember which is which. had the most whack-ass statement in the entire world in it. I think and we I might have it backwards. It. I think we might have it backwards, because I think the third one's the NASA people. I think that one was cute. I think the NASA one was cute. The NASA one was cute, except for the crater. Was that the NASA one? Yeah. Damn, I don't know, yeah. man. Maybe they're both bad. And I'm because it was myself. cute up until that point, and I think that's what got us. You're right. We'll expand on the whole crater situation when we get to it. Yeah, you'll listen, know. We're, we're off, you'll know. off topic now, um, but <laughs> join us for that. It'll, it That one's called Stuck With You. And then the week after that, we're going to be doing Too Long Didn't Read. And we're going to be doing The Kite Runner by Khaled Hassani. One of my favorite books that we did in high school, I know it's kind of getting to the end of the year, but if you're doing any last minute reading reports, this might be a good one for our fellow, our little high school students out there. Yeah. I mean, or maybe for next year, if you, if you still got some school ahead of you, but, um, that one is sad and heavy. It's a little, there's some triggers, certainly. For sure, for sure. So, you know, as always, like, read with caution. Although, if you're forced to read it for school, like, I don't know what to tell you. Sorry about that. That's actually a really wild book they made you read in school, so. Um, Yeah, I'm pretty sure we had to read it. We did. Mm -hmm. And we had to read The Bluest Eye. The Handmaid's Tale, I had to read that, and that's a weird Mm. one for school. I did not have to read that one. Yeah, I mean, they make you read some scarring shit in school, but it's good for you. It builds character. Uh, Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Once again. (laughs) Get started on those. Enjoy your spring break if it's coming up. We'll talk to you next time. And as always. Let's get lit. We are lit. (laughs) We are lit. (laughs) 